from ThrillerFix.com. It's the Thriller Fix Book Podcast, a show about mysteries, thrillers, authors, and the stories behind the stories they wrote. The life in the Navy and life at sea, the ships are still moving at about 15 to 20 knots. That's not going to change, and they still roll in the waves, and helicopters still land on ships at night with night vision goggles. Frankly, a, a lot of the basic cat and mouse game of trying to find your enemy and not have them find you and doing it in a way that deceives your enemy at scale. That type of naval warfare has been around for hundreds if not thousands of years. Welcome to the Thriller Fix Podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Reese. My guest for this episode's conversation is acclaimed author and formal naval aviator, Andrew Watts. Andrew is the USA Today best-selling author of both the Max Finn Thrillers and the War Planner series. He graduated from the U.S. Naval Academy in 2003 and served as a naval officer and helicopter pilot until 2013. During that time, he flew counter-narcotic missions in the Eastern Pacific and counter-piracy missions off the Horn of Africa. Andrew has also served as a flight instructor in Pensacola, Florida, and helped run ship and flight deployment operations while embarked on a nuclear aircraft carrier in the Middle East. Welcome to Thriller Fix, Andrew. Thank you for making time to join me, and thank you for your service. I'm honored to have a few minutes of your time this morning. Thank you, Gavin. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Oh, I've read bits from your War Planners and your Max Finn series to prepare for this interview, and your writings already made me a fan. For readers who are new to you and your works, what do you want them to know about your series? Uh, I, th- I think they're marketed a little bit differently towards different readers. So I, I would say the Max Fenn series is more of like a Jason Bourne-esque. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe fans of Vince Flynn might like that. Whereas the the War Planner series, that that's more your modern day Red Storm Rising, uh, maybe with a little bit of Nelson DeMille mixed in. Yeah, the that book one of War Planners felt very much like a, a Tom Clancy ripped from the headlines. And it's, it's just as poignant today as, as uh, when you released it. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, today's day and age, there, there are really two major military superpowers in the world, and that's the United States and China. Uh, and so when you're writing a book, I, I think you want to look for the clash of the titans, and uh, the, those would be it if, if we were going to create this fictional world where uh, World War III was happening. Now, most writers and authors started out you know, writing what they know. So it, it doesn't surprise me to see a lot of overlap between your open source bio and, and your characters. What, what has that been like writing uh, about life experiences that seem so close to your own? Yeah, I think it's certainly cut down on my research time. Uh, so, <laughs> yes. so, you know, I can, I can write scenes about uh, flying helicopters or, or life at sea in the Navy. Uh, and I, I can, uh, I can write those scenes pretty accurately. Um, there are some scenes in, in, uh, in the books where I'll have junior officers creating PowerPoint presentations for, you know, senior officers, and, and those are very realistic, mm-hmm. uh, but hopefully they're humorous as well. Now, getting right into the tough questions and based on your naval flight experience, how excited are you for Top Gun 2 to come out next year? <laughs> uh, very, very much so. The nostalgia <laughs> is, you know, coming out my ears. Yeah, so in, in the dogfight of your life, do you want Maverick, Pete Mitchell, or Admiral Jake Grafton, or maybe Ice Manager, uh, your wingman? Yeah, well, I, I was, you know, I, I think uh, we, we probably need a moment of silence for Goose on this yes. podcast, but, yes. um, you know, once, once we get past that, you know, I'm, I'm a, I like Maverick, everybody likes Maverick. 
And as a reader, you do offer a different perspective that writers without personal firsthand experience just can't capture, in, in my opinion, especially in the complex realities of, of war planning and fighting. And I also wonder how you go about writing all of these different elements in your books without kind of giving away a lot of the operational security issues. Sure. The, the good news there is that I've forgotten most of the classified <laughs> information. Uh, so, you know, I was never a good student. And, uh, when, you know, when you study classified information, you have to do it in certain buildings. You're not allowed to remove. You can't, it's not like you can take the textbook home and study at home and, you know, get rid, you, you got to do the work there. You got to learn all the limitations and numbers uh, on site and then, you know, you come home. But it's been so long. I, I don't remember, you know, the, the ESM. Mm -hmm. frequencies or or the the sonar ranges or all that so i i you know but i realistically and that's one of the things i've i've learned as a as a writer the the reader does not care you know they there are very few people that are really going to want to see the the details and the nuts and bolts of you know how the how the weapon systems work or what their limitations are what they really care about is the story and if i can add, sprinkle in a, a little bit of realism in there by including you know the unclassified version of of how things work and and what might be possible then i think i've accomplished my goal and and you know the the rest you know the stuff that i think might sound very interesting and possibly classified i have no firsthand knowledge of that i'm using open source information and then educated guesses as to what i think might might happen but uh i try very hard to stay away from anything that i i do know about that would be classified now that you've been out of the navy almost as long as as you were in how has that changed your research sitting on the veteran side of the fence um from uh from your life experience before well, I think there's there's a couple things, you know, so I was in the Navy from 1999 to 2013. You know, my knowledge does atrophy a little bit. And even just uh, the things that I knew about have changed. So the aircraft that I flew on mm -hmm. has since been upgraded uh, to a, a newer, uh, very similar uh, newer model. So it's still an H-60 platform. It's it's the Blackhawk, essentially. Mm -hmm. uh, the Navy's version is called the Seahawk. But uh, it's got better bells and whistles on board. You know, everything's digital. The ships that I was on have since been decommissioned, all three of them, uh, the wow. ships that I deployed on. So, uh, but, you know, the, the life in the Navy and life at sea, the ships are still moving at about, you know, 15 to 20 knots. Uh, and that, that's not going to change. And they still roll in the waves and helicopters still land on ships at night with night vision goggles. Uh, and you know, frankly, a, a lot of the basic cat and mouse game of trying to find your enemy and not have them find you and doing it in a way that deceives your enemy uh, at scale. That type of naval warfare has been around for hundreds, if not thousands of years. So I, I think, you know, a lot of the a lot of the things that I dealt with, I can still write about effectively and, and just research the actual specific technology, you know, using, using uh, web-based tools. Now, I see a lot of similarities between police procedurals and, and espionage and military thrillers. There's basically, you know, a group of good guys and bad guys, uh, bad guys out committing crimes, some of it terrorism, some of it burglary, right? But do your stories start with imagining the crimes and exploits you want your bad guys to try to get away with, or do they start with the good guys and what you'd like to see them overcome? So... I think I, I generally 
uh, start out with what I think would be a, a good idea for a, a main theme of a novel, like a main climactic event uh, that's going to take place. So I guess that would be in the war planners. The idea was what if mm -hmm. you know, China was able to create this espionage operation where it got a bunch of United States defense and intelligence experts and tricked them into thinking that they were doing a, a red cell project for the United States government, but in actuality, they were providing information to the Chinese that would you know, then be used to create plans to actually attack America. So I, you know, I, I try and come up with like, what is, what is one basic idea that's gonna be interesting and somewhat new and, and fresh uh, compared to the stuff that is, is being done out there? And, and I go from there. As far as the the character development and the crime or the, the good guys and the bad guys, you know, that, that stuff kind of sort of comes at, in the creative process mm -hmm. um, and it constantly gets pulled out. The, the challenge for me now is that I, I am on book six of a six book series. Uh, <laughs> I'm working on that. And so all these plot threads that have been going on for six books, I've, I've got to kind of find ways for them to wrap up or, you know, anything that, that uh, maybe I hinted it at at one point that I never resolved. I have to, like find that and tie it back in. Now, I wonder who, who was your first inspiration to write and, and when did you first realize you wanted to be an author? When I was in fifth grade, I went to a, a Catholic school and I used to bring very thick Tom Clancy books <laughs> to school uh, and, my, and my teachers would kind of scowl at me um, because I, I don't think they approved of me reading what they considered to be adult fiction, at least in that school. So I, that was Tom Clancy was my inspiration from you know an early age, and then I, I read a lot of John Grisham as well and Stephen King. I, I think I probably read a lot of the same authors that others read. Uh, as I got older, I started reading reading some more uh, Nelson Demille and Vince Flynn. But the, the mysteries and thrillers, the military thrillers and espionage thrillers, the, those are the ones that I like the most. Um, lately, I, I've really enjoyed uh, Jason Matthews' Red Sparrow series. I thought that was excellent. And, and he's another one. He has way more experience than, than I did. Uh, but he was an uh, intelligence officer uh, for the CIA, mm -hmm. intelligence operative. So he, he, he was an officer in the CIA for 30 years, and he really knows his stuff. And it's just incredible to, to read a, a fiction story. And you know a lot of it is, you know, kind of make-believe. But sure, there are elements in there that are authentic and real. And it, it, is, it is really interesting to read a, a well-written story that has that level of authenticity in it. Yeah, when uh, when a writer can really put you in that scene, in that you know side street cafe in in, in Bangkok, in a, a meeting that you know you're not supposed to be having, like it it feels so fantastic as the reader. Absolutely. Now I see a lot of parallels between the the music industry and and the writing industry, and I think a lot of folks are familiar with the idea of that up and coming garage band that's playing small venues while they're cutting their teeth and and honing their sound. And I think a lot of writers have similar experience honing their craft and finding their own voice. Uh, what's that growth process been like for you going from aspiring author to USA Today bestseller and publisher? Sure. Uh, it, it has been, I'm sure you probably hear this every interview, but it's been a journey. Uh, when, I, when I first started writing, it was a hobby. Uh, the, the person that I was, you know, I was very excited about this Kindle self-publishing boom. I, I was reading about authors like Hugh Howie. Uh, who would put out uh, a bunch of chopped up novellas that were all interrelated uh, and, and then box them together as 
one whole novel, you know, and he gave the first part away for free. I thought, oh, that's really neat. You know, maybe I should try that. You know, this was 2014 to 2015 that I, I was first finishing my, my first novella at that point, which was the beginning of the War Planners. And at that time, I was working for Procter & Gamble in brand management. So, you know, every day I was working on how to create the next billion dollar brand for P&G uh, in, in consumer product goods. We would travel to different parts of the country and do tests and, and work with consumers and, and, you know, work with engineers and, you know, try to design these products and come up with marketing plans and financial plans. And I worked on about 20 different projects while I was there. And I think every one of them got killed except for one that actually might be out in the market right now. Uh, but I remember actually working on one of the first War Planners books while I was flying to China uh, for, for P&G. And I'm, I'm writing about, you know, the, the Chinese uh, and this fictional world spying on Americans and their military and, you know, this platforms. And, and I'm thinking to myself, man, in a, in a little while, I'm going to have to go through like the Chinese customs. Yes. <laughs> I wonder if they know what I'm writing right now. And I, I wonder, you know, I was in the Navy. They have those records. They have the, the names of every single, you know, DOD person. Uh, so I wonder what that experience is going to be like. There was no problem. At least I, I don't think anyone was watching me. Uh, the people I met were, were very friendly. Uh, and, I, and I enjoyed myself there, although I enjoyed Japan a lot more. So it started off as a hobby. Mm -hmm. And then gradually, you know, as I put more of these novellas out and I realized, hey, Military thriller readers don't really like reading parts of the story, given the whole thing. Uh, so that was a hard lesson to, on, on my first book. And I, I apologize if you've gotten the end of my first book and you feel like the ending wasn't perfect. Um, but keep reading. Trust me, you'll love it. <laughs> so as I kept putting out more books, they became more successful. I, I learned how to do a lot of the advertising for my day job, you know, uh, mm -hmm. so I was going to these seminars done by Google experts and going to the Facebook headquarters in New York and, you know, meeting with people and working with people. So I, was, I had to learn that stuff anyway to be in brand management at, you know, the company with the largest marketing budget in the world, P&G. And I did the research on my own about like the, you know, in the weeds tactics that you can use to grow an email list through Facebook marketing, which doesn't really work anymore for authors, but it used to back in 2015. Yes. And, you know, I'm, I'm continuously doing that. I continuously have to learn what works right now as far as marketing goes. And I spend a ton of my time doing marketing and, and running the business, but I have to protect time uh, to learn about craft like you and I were talking about before the show. Um, you know, I want to be a student of, of the craft of writing. I need to, uh, just like it, when I was a, a naval aviator, you know, my profession and my professional development depended on my expertise in all things aviation and, you know, knowing my aircraft and knowing the different interactions between the aircraft and the ship and being an expert on anti-submarine warfare and being able to prosecute that sub quickly because I know if there's an engine firelight that goes on, I'm going to know every single memorized step and switch to flip while getting the torpedoes ready and tracking the sub and watching the sonar returns and predicting where it's going to be and getting right where I need to be to drop my torp so that the submarine doesn't even know that it's going to come and I can, I can get it right in the right spot. But I need to be an expert like that on writing, on the craft of writing, on uh, the marketing side, on the business side. And I, I need to be well-rounded if I'm going to succeed because I think, you know, the world has become flat with the, the way the internet works and the way publishing works now. Anybody can publish a book. The challenge is putting out good books that people actually want to read and putting it in front of the right people at scale. Um, so those things are really hard. 
but I'm, I'm working my butt off uh, to continue to produce good books, to grow my audience, to grow my following. And now I'm actually doing it for other people as well, because uh, as you know, I've, I've opened up a second publishing company where I'm publishing a small group of other authors as well. I also know that writers are, are some of the most diverse readers. I, I wonder who's sitting on your nightstand right now and what's camped out in the on-deck circle to be read later. All right. I am opening up my Kindle app on my phone. Um, <laughs> there is a business book called Profit First. I, I think it probably could be written in a page, but it's a book. Uh, there is Charles McCurry, The Tears of Autumn. Uh, so that's an old one. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar, but he, uh, it's, it's excellent. Uh, it's Vietnam era espionage novel. Uh, Stephen King on writing. Uh, I was rereading that one. The yeah. Rescue, Steve Conkley. Ken Follett, The Man from St. Petersburg. Ken Follett, Winter of the World. Daniel Silva, The Other Woman. I listen to a lot more audiobooks now. <laughs> like, this yeah. is the most recent stuff. Daniel Silva, The New Girl. Uh, Mark Greeny, Red Metal. Jason Matthews, The Fleet at Flood Tide, James D. Hornfisher, Brad Taylor, Daughter of War, Robert Dugani, The Eighth Sister, Vince Flynn, Red War, some Webb Griffin, Jack Carr. Those are the books that I've been reading. I listen a lot more on audiobook now. You know, if I take my son to soccer practice, I'll, I'll go on a long walk and listen to an audiobook. Or I, I've been cycling a lot as my uh, form, main form of exercise because my knees are getting bad. Uh, and I'll, I'll listen to audiobooks. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts as well. But um, just like I talked about, you know, be, keeping up on the craft of writing, I think part of my professional development is listening to, reading, and studying other authors that are big successes, specifically in my genre. I, I think it's probably important that I read outside my genre as well. I like science fiction, for instance, although I, I haven't read as much lately. I think it's pretty crucial that I study other authors that are talented to learn how they do it and whether or not I can replicate it is another story. Because writers are also fans of other writers, like we've just mentioned here, what two authors, living or dead, would you most like to know, read, and enjoy your books? Uh, W.E.B. Griffin and probably Clancy, probably Tom Clancy. That'd be a pretty right. fantastic endorsement. <laughs> yeah, it would be. <laughs> what do you want readers to take away from your writing, Andrew? Honestly, I just want them to enjoy it. I, I want them to be entertained. I, I want them to say like, wow, that was really cool. Uh, so many of movies and TV shows and books nowadays, they, it just seems like the same old thing. Mm -hmm. You know, and we have so many different possibilities as far as what we're going to do with our time. And every, you know, social media or, you know, you go on Netflix and it, it like freaks me out to go through that. And they're already auto playing everything. And it's like, I just want to take my time and look and see. And, and they've already got a preview going. But we're bombarded with different options for entertainment. And so it, it's really a big challenge to break through. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that reading, it can be a, a peaceful and productive and it, it's kind of pastime. And it, it's the kind of thing that, you know, you feel good about and you should feel good about because reading stimulates your mind and it allows you to kind of paint that picture about what you're seeing and smelling and tasting. And it's up to the author to communicate that effectively and to make it happen well. One of the, my readers had wrote me an email and he said he liked my work because I didn't show a picture of a horse and underneath have the caption horse. Um, <laughs> and I thought that was a good way of saying it. So hopefully I'm not yes. doing that. Hopefully I'm letting 
I'm, I'm giving, I'm giving the readers enough to get there. And then, you know, their imagination can take it the rest of the way. But I give them a story that is, um, you know, helps them kind of experience the, the human connection, experience all the different, you know, it, it touches all the different wickets to make it a good story and a satisfying ending and a twist that you didn't see coming, but also be interesting and authentic in, in a way that they can't get with other authors. Yeah, I think we get uh, spoon-fed a lot of information in the rest of our lives, and I personally want to disappear into a book and, and bring a lot of my own experience to it, so I appreciate the way you write that. Now, what's your current work in progress, and what do you want readers to know about it, and where can readers connect with you and, and maybe keep up to date on a, on a newsletter or the next, uh, the next release? Sure. Uh, so my, my current work in progress is the final book in my War Planner series. So it's book six. I've decided on the title. It's going to be called Global Strike. As far as what I want people to know about it, it will be coming hopefully by December of this year. If not, it'll at least be on pre-order by then. So I'm, I'm trying to get it done as fast as possible. I get, I get a, a lot of questions about that. As far as how to follow me, you can go to my website, andrewwattsauthor.com and sign up for the newsletter. And uh, you'll, you'll get some extra information about me. And uh, hopefully you enjoy the books. Fantastic. I greatly appreciate your, your time, Andrew. Best of luck. And we'll look forward to that upcoming release on or about December. Thank you very much. Thank you.